love is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. Welcome to Love Savers Radio, ministering the blessings of covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Hi, Love Savers listeners. This is Keith Davis, the proprietor of the Golden Pear Cafes. As I enter my 30th year of marriage, I encourage you to seek the Lord's guidance and wisdom for your marriage, for He is the one who can help you day by day in building a lifetime of peace, joy, fond memories, and a beautiful family. When Anne walked into the Golden Pear to apply for a job as Golden Pear's first pastry chef, I had no idea that God had brought my future wife and mother of our three children literally to my front door. But that is exactly what he did. And although we have had our challenges and ups and downs, God has richly blessed our marriage and he gets the glory for our 30 years together. So I encourage you to seek God's will and use Love Savers as a resource to improve and bless your marriage. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Mark chapter 10, verse 9. Today's guest authors are Scott and Bethany Palmer. They wrote the book, The Five Money Personalities. They say that every couple argues about money. It doesn't matter if you've been married for 40 years or dating for four months. Money touches every decision you make as a couple. From the $5 cup of coffee to the $50,000 car. They say that's why money has become the number one cause of divorce in the U.S. Obviously, something needs to change. Sandy talks with Scott and Bethany Palmer about their book, The Five Money Personalities, speaking the same love and money language. Let's listen. Hi, Sandy. Hi. We're going to discuss the five money personalities speaking the same love and money language by Scott and Bethany Palmer. How are you? Bethany. Oh, we're doing great. Good. Okay. I'm sure I'll be doing even greater since I just finished your book. Would you tell us about your journey to becoming the money couple? Because it's of such interest to us because, of course, we have a marriage ministry, and so often we hear cited that one of the number one reasons for divorce are money problems. So... How did you journey along this way to becoming the money couple that you're called? Well, it's interesting. We uh, are financial advisors by trade, and Uh we were discovering that many of our clients were arguing about money. And when we really dug down deep, we found that they weren't arguing about the big stuff. They were arguing about the little stuff. For example, we had this one couple come in, and they were arguing about um, coffee, for example. You know, one wanted to buy their fancy, fancy coffee, and the other thought that was stupid and ridiculous, and uh, why don't you just brew it at home? And then we dug a little bit deeper and 
discovered that 70% of divorces are over money. And it just really hit us hard. Here we are, financial advisors trying to help people. And actually, they're ending up arguing about the small stuff. And that's, that's really what started the journey was trying to help people understand that you've kind of got two sides of your financial life. You have you know, the budgeting and the debt and the mortgage and all the financial planning stuff. But then you also have this part of your relationship, which is actually the money aspect of your relationship. And so what we did as we started working with more and more couples and seeing more and more couples struggle, we found that the resources out there were great for getting out of debt, great for paying your house off early, uh, great for getting a, a retirement plan. There's so many resources in that regard. But when it came to how do you talk about money? How do you get on the same page about money? How do you respect each other when it comes to your money decisions? There was absolutely nothing. And so we just really felt like the Lord said and, and put on our heart that this is one of the main reasons marriages are failing is because of money, which is not a surprise to him. He talks about money more than any other subject in the Bible. Two-thirds of all of uh, the parables that were told to us by Jesus have a money component to them. So I think God knew that money was going to be a big deal and knew that money was really going to hurt relationships. So that really put us on an interesting journey to say, how can we help couples effectively and quickly start to change the way they think about themselves, the way they think about their spouse, and how they communicate about money? And so... We talked to, oh my goodness, thousands of couples. Anybody that would talk to us, we talked to. <laughs> and uh, we put a bunch of analytics together. We have it, actually gave it to a statistical scientist um, with his PhD from Stanford. And he put together this assessment, which helps couples understand what their two money personalities are, helps them understand what their spouse's two money personalities are, and where the conflict in their relationship is, is coming from. Very good. Why does money cause so many problems for so many relationships, would you say? Well, first of all, we come into our relationships with our definite thoughts about the right way and the wrong way to deal with money. And each of us think about money differently, and it's impacted by lots of different things. It's impacted, but primarily it's impacted by how God made us. And that would be, that's why we developed the five money personalities is because we had to really give a tangible way for people to understand their differences. And the interesting thing about money, and this is one of the reasons why it's such a uh, opportunity for friction inside of relationships, is because we think that the way that we think of that we deal with money is right and accurate. And we think that the other person oftentimes is wrong. And when we're dating, we oftentimes are so, our heads are in the clouds that we're not really looking at this side of the relationship. And, you know, they always say opposites attract. And when it comes to money, it's so true. Opposites do attract. So, like, for example, when you're dating, if one, one person is just lavishing, um, let's say the, the, the man is lavishing flowers on her and, and chocolates and giving her all these exciting new adventures and things like that, and she just thinks it's awesome. She's so, it's like so different for her, but then they get married. And then all of a sudden, she's not wanting those things anymore because she's more on that saver security secret side. And now she doesn't want it anymore. And he's like, well, that's one of the ways that I showed love. So it's really, really an important part of your relationship to 
understand your differences and have a label for them. Have a label for who you are and how God made you. It just makes it so much easier when those conflicts come up. Now you have a way to talk about it. Right. And it's important, you said, to not only understand, for those reasons, your money personality, the primary one, but also the secondary one. Yes. Absolutely. Well, what we found was that of the five money personalities, it's pretty easy to hone in on your primary money personality. But what we found is that the second money personality is equally as important. And this is the reason why. Bethany and I are both primary spenders. We're both, that's our primary money personalities. So when it came to spending, we didn't have a lot of friction in our relationship. Where we're different is that Bethany is a risk taker and I am a security seeker. And so in our relationships, that's where friction was created, especially because we, um, uh, we work together so much. So what we're finding with couples, and a lot of couples, is that most of us marry our opposite, at least primary or secondary, we've got what we call the opposite dynamic, which is really those two money personalities bumping into each other. But you can actually have a couple that has four different money personalities bumping into each other, all happening in that relationship, and they're never agreeing about money, and that's really where the conflict is. We've had over 160,000 people take our assessment online, and what we found is that 80% of couples are married or have an opposite dynamic in their relationship. So what that means is there's guaranteed conflict. Bethany mentioned earlier that we've got a 50% divorce rate in America, And a poll from the Washington Post said that 70% of the people polled after divorce said money was the number one reason for their split up. That doesn't surprise us at all because we're we're showing in our assessment that 80% of all couples are married to their money opposite. So we can understand where the conflicts are coming from because these money personalities are really part of our DNA. They are who we are. We find that money conflicts can get very heated because you're really attacking the person the way they think. And the interesting thing, too, is that money impacts just about every decision that we make. I mean, I just went and put gas in my car, and I had to decide between high grade and low grade. And I had to uh, send my child off to school and decide, am I going to pack his lunch for him, or is he going to purchase it at school? And you know, it's just there's just so many money decisions every day, and if you look at those day-to-day money decisions very differently or you're on the opposite side of the spectrum and you don't have a, an explanation for it or a way to think about it, it's just going to keep driving a wedge between you and your spouse, and it's going to be hard to come together unless you understand those differences and really accept them. Right. You know, um, you talk about DNA. It's really a part of you and within you, your money personality. But um, sometimes I think it's also maybe environment and the way you were brought up. Do you think? Uh, Well, absolutely. There's that component to it. But let me... But let me give you an example. So when we're born, we're born with a way that we think about money. And I, it, we did a study, actually, with children. And they we took them all and we gave them um, candy. And they also we also asked questions uh, after Easter because they got a whole bunch of Easter candy. And it was so interesting that some of the kids with their candy 
they're young. These kids are, you know, anywhere between 5, 8, 10, 10 years old. And when we were doing the study, some of the kids saved their, saved their candy. Some of the kids ate their candy really fast. Some of the kids traded with other kids. Some of the kids really, like, put it all in piles and put all the M&Ms together and the Hershey's together and, and all that so kind of organized it and had a plan. And then some kids just gave it away. And the interesting thing is no one told the kids what's right to do with their money. They just kind of did what was natural for them. Yeah. And we found that, that, like, for myself, when I was little, I remember I would eat my candy really fast, Bender. Uh-huh. And I would trade it with my brother, risk taker. No one told me to do that when I was a kid, but I did. And now that I know these money personalities, I can see from a very, very young age. Yeah. So we talk about your, we talk about your, um, you know, is it nature, nurture kind of thing? Oh, right. You know, that, yeah. that, that question. We, we say you're either going to, because of who you are, you're either going to mimic your parents or you're going to rebel against them. Right. And it's, there's no way. Like my mom, for example, she's a saver security seeker. Uh-huh. I, I bumped up against her all of the time. And so I no one told me to bump up against her about money, but that's because her way of thinking about money was so different, just naturally and God-given. Yeah. So we really, we really... Um, it's not really just that. It's Yeah, it's not just the background. Absolutely. My sister has two grandchildren, and she was telling me the other day that uh, two of the boys, one of them, when they're, because it was his birthday, and she said, you know, it's amazing how different they are. One, when he's given money for his birthday, wants to go out and buy these great toys he's been thinking about but the oldest one never wants to do that he wants to put it right in the bank because he said and this is since he was about seven years old he wants to buy a house someday oh i want to buy a house someday yeah that just made me think of that yeah yeah Yeah, and no one told them which way to be yeah god really gives us this different perspective, and we think that that's why he talks so much. You know, Scott talked about all the mentions of money and the parables, because he knew that that we weren't going to quite get this and that money could impact relationships so much. So we've really got to understand uh, each other's differences. And, you know, there's pros and cons to each and every money personality. A lot of times people think, who are in the saver security seeker world, think that they kind of have the the right way to handle money, and that's not necessarily always true because they're, the people who are opposite of them have great ideas often, too. So it's just a real way to talk and communicate, and instead of shaming each other, it's a way to come together when it comes to money. Yeah, you say you should never blame each other. I thought that was good. What do you think is one of the biggest money mistakes couples make? Well, I think the biggest mistakes that couples make is they think getting out of debt or paying off their house early or doing all those things that we're supposed to do and checking our box financially is going to fix their marriage. I think what we often find is that you can go on ramen for two years and get completely out of debt and after that have a marriage that's worse off than when you had the debt. And so often what we do is we put money in front of the relationship 
because we don't really understand the money aspect of our relationship. And so when, when couples do that, when it becomes more about the finances than the relationships, that is where we, we run into trouble. You know, we all know that verse, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, the love they were talking about was uh, phileo or phileo love. And that is the love of brotherly love. So when we put money in front of relationships, not even always intending to do that because we're, you know, checking off the perfect financial planning box, what we find is you can ruin your relationship in while you're trying to have this perfect, you know, this perfect life and this perfect uh, debt-free environment. What we find yes. is that when, when couples get out of those financial situations, they're mad at each other, and at least one of them harbors a lot of resentment because you put getting out of debt in front of taking me out on a date night. Exactly. You put getting out of debt yes. in, front of, in front of taking my kids. Now, is debt good? No, and I'm not saying that. Is paying your house off early a bad idea? No, it's an awesome idea. But my point is this. If you're making financial decisions based on your bank account and not the, the welfare of your family or the people that you love, you are going to lose every time. And that's where the real root of all evil is, is the relationship taking a backseat to getting out of debt or doing some really smart things. So what I tell couples is, is that you have to understand your money personalities. You have to understand in your relationship where you need to compromise, where you need to spend, but one person shouldn't be making those decisions. And don't make the perfect portfolio uh, more important than your spouse. Exactly. We were counseling someone a while back, and uh, the woman was actually brought to tears uh, with her feelings about that because her husband, and it was a very good idea to prepare, like you have to plan for retirement, but it seemed like the total focus was on that and there was no fun anymore she said i want to have a little fun now i don't want to just you know be waiting you know till later i want to go on some vacations now and so he really listened to her and they communicated and um the marriage was kind of transformed i mean you just see them joyously happy all the time now but that was at the uh, core of it. Yes. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it would be really good for them to know what their money personalities. I'm sure either his primary or secondary is security seeker. Yeah. Security seeker always needs a plan. Uh-huh. Really important to have a plan. And if she would say, hey, honey, let's make sure that we have this plan and we get it in place. Yes. Let's take a little portion of that money. Let's set that aside to, for some fun now. Right. I to be a spender flyer or whatever she right, is. Right, because they were so, both right. Yeah. Right. To do what they were doing. And that's, yeah. that's a good point that you just said. They're both right. Yeah. Getting out of debt is the right thing to do. Right. Getting out of debt at the expense of your spouse is the wrong thing to right. do. Right. And, right. and so that's the real balance that we teach couples is that you can make two rights if you want to, or you can make one right for one person which is going to be wrong in the long term because your relationship is trashed. Yeah, so congratulations. You get to retirement with $3 million in the bank, but your spouse can't stand you and they're not in love with you anymore because you never invested in it. So enjoy your half in your retirement home. Yes, right. right. Anyway, talk about the five money personalities and how can couples discover their own style. 
Sure, absolutely. Well, there's five of them. And again, everybody has a primary and secondary, and we cannot encourage your listeners enough to be sure to go on our website at themoneycouple.com, and it's right there. It takes the assessment for free. It takes about 10 minutes to really identify what you are. And um, don't try to self-diagnose yourself because it's just so easy to do. But let me just quickly run through them. The first one is a saver. That's a person who likes to save, um, but also likes other people to save. You know, when you're talking to somebody and they're like, oh, I got this great deal on blah, 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 and you should get it too, you know, kind of uh-huh. thing. That's that saver. Um, the second one is exactly opposite of that. That's a spender. And spenders um, love to spend money on themselves, but they're also huge gift givers and very, very generous. They're usually the people who like to give more to church, like to give more um, in terms of gifts. Super generous. So you've got the saver, the spender. The next one is a risk taker. These are like the entrepreneurs of the world, the people that um, really like adventure. So they don't like necessarily the big risks. They like big risks, but they also like small everyday risks, like trying new restaurants and like going to different places for vacations and things like that. So that's, that's that third one. Then the security seeker is the fourth one, and that's exactly opposite of a risk taker. A security seeker is a person who needs a plan. Don't give me the new restaurants. Don't give me the, the new vacation spots. Um, let's just make sure that we have a plan, whether it's short-term planning or long-term planning. Um, definitely need that plan. So those are the first four, saver, spender, risk taker, security seeker. And then the last one is what we call a flyer. What we realize is that there's a whole section of, of the um, population that has this attitude that is like, oh, I don't care about money. I just fly by the seat of my pants when it comes to money. And so that's where we got the name Flyer. But the thing that's so neat about Flyers is that Flyers um, put relationships over money. So they, they're not, when, when you're going to make a decision, it's not, you know, how much is this going to cost? It's, you know, let's hurry up and go do it. Let's do it together. And um, they really, really value relationships. So, you know, you can have, there's 20 combinations. Because you could be a flyer saver, you could be a saver spender, you could be a risk taker security seeker, you could be a security seeker flyer. I mean, there's all these 20 combinations. Really important to know who you are and really, really important to know your spouse is. So you can really learn how to compromise and compromise where you really um, impact and satisfy both of you in the relationship. Amen. Amen. If couples take away one thing from your resources, what do you hope it will be? It would really be to understand the money personalities because we, we watch couples all the time take these money personalities and they learn who they are, but they also learn who their spouse is. And we just kind of see this light bulb come on, like, oh, that's why you drive me crazy when you do that. Oh, that's why I drive you crazy when I do this when it comes to our money. So we really, the, the huge takeaway for us is if we can have couples just understand not only who they are and the perfect way that God made them, but also understand who their spouse is and the perfect way that God made them, then we watch these light bulbs come off and we find that money conflict actually reduces. And it's getting to know each other in a new life. And the relationship just flourishes and it grows. And those money fights, which can be some of the worst fights that we have in our marriages, um, those money fights go away. And so if we can just get couples understanding who they are and who their spouse is, they are halfway home when it comes to really getting on the same page about their money. 
Very good. For those who are not yet married, are there tips to prepare their future relationship for getting along about money? Absolutely. We actually have on our website for free uh, 20 tips for engaged and newlyweds because one of the things that we want to do is want to get engaged people and newlyweds talking about it early. Not like Bethany and I, we didn't start talking about this till 10 years into our marriage. We, as financial advisors, never even talked about money before we got married, which is kind of crazy. But the reality is, is that, yes, if you can start having these conversations when you're seriously dating or moving into engagement, or even if you're, you know, married for less than a year, we've got these 20 questions to sit down over a nice dinner, work through these questions, and start answering getting, you know, nipping it in the butt, if you will, about your money and getting on the same page and you can have an amazing relationship. And, you know, the book, The Five Money Personalities, really takes you through a system that you can use those money personalities and how to use them inside of your relationship on a real systematized way. So just a wonderful resource uh, to, to complement the five many personalities. Yes, it is. As a parent, what is one way you can begin to teach your children about money? Well, first of all, is understand them and their perspective of it. And we actually have on our website um, assessments for kids. Uh, one for age 5 to 11, one for uh, 12, one from 13 to 17, and one for 18 to 25. Before you start talking about money and you start teaching your kids about money, um, we often suggest starting with uh, save, spend, give buckets, but, but know who they are because if you're teaching them something that's already comes naturally to them, okay, but what you really want to focus in on is the areas that they're going to struggle the most. So, for example, my son is a spender security seeker, and so we really work on teaching him about saving, but we don't talk about it in terms of saving. We talk about it in terms of a future spending account because we know that that's going to light up his eyes a lot more than a savings account will. You know, you mentioned that young man earlier who's already saving for a house. What we find favors is that often they have a really hard time giving. Giving money away, uh, uh-huh. you know, to the church or to their organizations is a real struggle for them because it's totally counterintuitive to how they think about money. Right. So just like we have to work with our son on, on you know, his future spending account, a lot of our friends that have savers as kids, they really have to engage with them about why is it important to give and how right. do we give. And by giving, you know, how are you, how are you honoring the Lord's work? And so right. every money personality, we always tell people, every money personality has pros and cons. There's, I mean, that's, that's just the reality. But especially with our kids, if we can tap into their money personalities and then we can start to work with them based on their money personalities, it's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for sharing uh, all your wonderful advice on the five money personalities. And I just have to say goodbye and God bless no, I hate to leave you, but we have to say goodbye and God bless for now. I'm sure you're going to be helping lots of others, and they'll go to your website. Okay, bye for now. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Let's Talk About Marriage, sponsored by Love Savers Ministry, ministering the blessings of covenant. A psychiatrist at Harvard University Medical School, specializing in the emotional development in children, recently quoted the latest research on the consequences of divorce and family disintegration. 
90% of children from divorced homes suffered from an acute sense of shock when the separation occurred, including profound grieving and irrational fears. The study concluded that divorce brings such intense loneliness to children that its pain is difficult to describe or even contemplate. Divorce is devastating, especially to children. We understand that divorce has become a popular way to deal with marital conflict in the times we are living, but there is a better way. Your marriage can be saved. Your children will thank you. If you want prayer for your marriage, please call Walter and Sandy Fox at 917-804-5034. That's 917-804-5034. And remember, love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13.8. Jehovah-